We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum, a very special episode, preview show, Euro 2020, Alan, even though it's 2021, it's going... We're still going by this marketing plan here. <laughs> very, very interesting marketing plan, mm-hmm. but Alan is here in the building. We're going to talk a lot about Euro 2020. Um, I'm probably going to call it 2021, 2020. I'll be flip-flopping. Yeah, back I'm just happy. I'm just glad we have an international tournament. It's been three years. We're used to it every other summer. We had to wait a little longer this one. So I'm just grateful that it's almost here. A little bit of a weird dynamic being in 10 different cities. But there, the sport is always doing things that make you question it. But then you watch the tournament. It's like, okay, by day five, I'm absolutely hooked on it. And next day I know I'm watching Austria, Ukraine, and my life depends on it. Yeah. <clears throat> I end up watching all the games pretty much. It's just yeah. a nice little layout, right? The games are starting 9, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Then it's noon and then 3 p.m. Right. Eastern time, which is a nice little spacing throughout. Mm-hmm. We kept talking on the last couple of episodes just briefly about how there seemed to be no buzz about the Euro Cup. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing more advertising for it. Do you think it's because all the seasons have ended now and the Champions League ended? Now it's guns blazing. Yeah, probably. Like I've noticed there's bars around New York with the flags are all up. So I think it was just a maritime to build up ESPN. I've seen more commercials of it. And seeing some of the traditional countries back in major tournament, Italy and Holland, not having those two countries involved in the last World Cup, it, it did diminish a little bit just from a popularity standpoint because those are two very historic countries when you look at all the major tournaments so having them two back and just the fact that we're actually getting a major tournament because it's because the i think there's a the layoff it affects you because you're, like, you're just accustomed to seeing a major tournament every two years and like these four weeks are just gonna be chaos and you see countries unite crazy upsets knockout stage penalty shows you know the, the end all be all so the fact that we're finally getting it i think it's finally hit and you know seeing the likes of italy and netherlands back it's it's an awesome feeling yeah, two historically powerhouses in Europe. Mm-hmm. 
though I do have a lot of with every team. I did a lot of research on this one, bro. Yeah. With every team, I got the best finish that they've had at each uh, each Euro Cup throughout mm-hmm. its history. Um, I do want to mention a little bit of betting history for the Euro Cup. Do you know who the biggest underdog in Euro Cup history ever Dean, was? You could you can answer this. <laughs> so I was talking to my dad today, right? Yeah. And uh, Greece in 2004. Yeah. Did not qualify for this tour, but so this is where we're going to get the mention. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the only. But they are a, uh, a, a former champion of yeah. Europe. It was in 2004. Uh-huh. Remember, Greece also, Athens had the Olympics that year. Mm-hmm. So I asked my dad, I was like, yo, Pop, how come you didn't bet on Greece? They were anywhere from 80 to 150 to 1. Mm-hmm. Consensus was 150 to 1, meaning $1, yeah. one of you, $150. Yeah. This was the one that was 16 teams. Yeah, this so. was 16 teams. <clears throat> and uh, he goes, son, the Euro Cup was rigged for Greece to win it because we had the Olympics. That team sucked, but it was the happiest sports moment of my life. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, Greece, the biggest uh, long shot underdog. Denmark in 92. Yeah. Man, I can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, Schumacher. Legend. Legend. Absolute yeah, legend. Yeah. Man, you legend too. A good legend. Not, you know, like some of you guys that listen mm-hmm. legends, you know, and I'm a legend also yeah. as well. Uh, Spain was the betting favorite in 2012. Italy was the second favorite. That ended up being the final. Mm-hmm. Portugal in 2016, the last Euro Cup. 26 to 1 odds at the start of the tournament. Wasn't a very good team at the time. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. And then France was the second favorite behind Germany. Host country. Host country yeah. at 4 to 1. Uh, France being the host mm-hmm. country in, yeah. in 2016. So, yeah. I mean, uh, France won it in 2000. They were the favorites coming off a World Cup win in 98. And, and they won it as well. So, yeah, some uh, interesting betting history for the Euro Cup. Yeah. And let's not forget, like, the start of Spain's dominance started at Euro 08. Mm-hmm. And Spain, I think, were known for being no- notorious underachievers at major tournaments. And for them to win in 08, then they won 2010, 2012. Like, that's where dominance really began. Yeah, so. in, uh, in, in World Cup and Euro Cup history, that's never happened. Right. Winning three consecutive right. major tournaments. There's a team who I think is on the cusp of doing something very similar. We'll get to them in a little bit. Right. I have a couple of uh, general talking points for this. Mm-hmm. Tournament setup. There's 24 teams. You mentioned that it was 16 teams. Six groups of four. Top two in each group advance. Mm-hmm. And then the four best third place teams advance. That makes up the 16. If you had to pick a country who suffered the most because of the COVID delay... Who would you pick? I, I thought about this before. I apologize. I didn't send you That's this. That's a very good question. It was a popping question, right? I have an answer. So do you want me to go first while you think about it? Yeah, Since you go kind first. of put go you first. on the spot. Yeah, th- th- I'm very... Fa- I'm, oh, I got to think about this. So one. I think Belgium. Okay. I yeah. think Belgium suffered from there being COVID last year because that golden age that we've been waiting for Belgium the last couple of tournaments, and they've had some deep runs in, in, in tournaments. I think some of their best soccer is behind them, in in particular Hazard. I think Hazard played 14 games this year. He's not the same guy. Uh-huh. But then on the flip side, Carrasco goes back to Atletico and he helps them win La Liga. Correct. Lukaku's on fire coming on, coming into this one. But I do think that that delay hurt them the most of any nation because they're in the thick of their golden generation. Right. So, so. and now uh, De Bruyne. 
has the fractured orbital. He's probably going to miss the first game. But you know, group stage missing is not a big deal, but still, and, like you want him fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I would go with Belgium. I think they're the biggest okay. losers. I think one big one that comes to my melee is Holland. Or if, I might go between Holland and Netherlands. It, I'm used to saying Holland, but I'm going to try to stick with Netherlands. But the big one being losing Van Dyke's Van Dyke. huge loss. And Ronald Koeman was supposed to be there. And then he goes to Barcelona last summer. And all of a sudden, now they're going to Frank de Boer. And Frank de Boer has flopped in a lot of places. Like He was hating Atlanta United. He went to MLS at one point because he flopped at Inter, flopped at Crystal Palace. He goes to Atlanta United. He was not popular there one bit, so now he's back with the Netherlands national team, and they haven't quite looked the same. So, and yeah. and they got spanked by Turkey in qualifying. Yes, which is also another dynamic which I found very interesting. Oh, correct. March. March. Mm-hmm. There was some qualifiers for the World Cup. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the notes that I've gathered for this one, and a lot of just like mm-hmm. the things that I've heard is, oh, this team went undefeated in Euro qualifying, dude. That was two years ago. Yeah. So it's something you really need to take with a grain of salt. There's mm-hmm. some teams on here that we're going to touch where, you know, they scored 14 goals. Yeah. This guy scored 10 yeah. goals. In qual- and it's like, yeah, man, that's like two years ago. Some that made through a playoff. Like it was just COVID right. really, the, the layout would totally got disoriented. <clears throat> but if one comes to mind, it's not all just because Van Dyke to me is the best center back in the world. Kuban, even though he's kind of unpopular in Barcelona, he, he, had a, he was building something really good with the Netherlands because – uh, after not qualifying in the, the previous World Cup, they actually won their Nations League group, and that group had France and Germany, and they beat France and being the world champions. Mm-hmm. I don't care. What, what, if it's a competitive game, that's a big deal. And they were building something there, but Koeman got the dream offer at the Barcelona. He played for Barcelona. He had to take it, and then Lucy Van Dyke. You know, I still think Netherlands, they're in a good position. I mean, they're in the weakest group. So they Of, of all the teams... Yeah. They are the biggest favorite yeah. to advance to the next right. round. Like I think they got a great draw, but <clears throat> I worry about them going to knock a stage and how much they could really build on it and just not having Van Dyke and Kuma. I think it's been a bit of an adjustment for them, and it hasn't been comfortable so far given the qualifying results. The host cities have been paired off for the group stages. So Group A is going to have all their games in Baku and in Rome. I'll be honest with you. Do you know where Baku is? Baku's in Azerbaijan, so Azerbaijan did not qualify. Let's go. Yeah. Nice. I had no idea. Did you think it was in Turkey? No, but okay. I probably would have guessed one of those countries eventually. Right, right. But uh, yeah, shout out to Azerbaijan, though. Yeah. No disrespect. Group B, St. Petersburg and Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Group C, Amsterdam and Bucharest. London and Glasgow. Oh, just to mention, uh, Romania did not qualify, so Bucharest is kind of a neutral ground. Interesting. Yeah. Good point. Yes, yeah. good point. Yeah. Uh, London and Glasgow for Group D. Yeah. Sevilla and St. Petersburg again for Group E. Budapest and Munich. Wait, for group so F. wait, St. Petersburg, Russia? Yeah, St. Petersburg, so, Russia. Okay, so only so Spain's really getting the advantage. They're going to have two host cities in two different groups oh, in yeah. Group B and in Group E. Yeah. St. Hey, Russia did a fantastic job of hosting <clears throat> World Cup, so I'm not slandering Russia. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, is and then there, F is Germany and Hungary. They got games. Yes, Budapest yeah. and in Munich. Right. Is there anything else that stands out to you from a overall Euro landscape heading into this tournament? Without like, like you know, like an overarching thing, right? Twelve different, ten different host cities. Uh-huh. I think is very intriguing. Yeah, uh, I think France and Portugal are the two best teams in Europe. So I'm interested to see how they fare playing away matches mm. so even though hungary is obviously you know, talent wise they are fourth they're like they're going to be struggling but just to see how france and portugal potentially faces if 
just diversity of it, and you know, gets a, a rebuilding Germany squad as well. You know, I have high expectations for both countries, but you know, playing in front of live fans, I'm going to see how the players react because we haven't really seen much of it. You know, looking back the club season. Yeah, it seems like Spain and Germany and even Italy to a certain extent are going through a transition of a lot of youth coming in mm-hmm. for those programs, and those are three like powers you know yeah. well, the, and they've all they've fallen i want to say fallen well italy yes i've obviously fallen on hard times and germany to extent but like you look at how they've all underachieved like italy not qualifying mm-hmm. germany blasted out of the group stage spain losing to russia on penalties like you know, these are three countries that are expected to be competing core finals semifinals finals mm-hmm. and for them to not even be anywhere near it uh, there's gonna be major changes like these co- three countries are built on excellence they're built on you know having a strong infrastructure and it's kind of been diminished over the past few years so i think that's why you're seeing a big revamp is the euro cup harder to win than the world cup no i don't think so i think it is i like to hear your point there are more dominant powerhouse teams in europe than there are internationally like realistically yeah. it's argentina and brazil but you still like Uruguay's really built themselves up. Fair. Same goes for Colombia. Like, and then you, like, remember Japan was beating Belgium two nothing, mm. and Belgium had that crazy comeback. Yeah. So I still think international. There's things that, you know, there's countries there that provide, you know, I guess, more of a different challenge. You know, we talk about you know South American teams. Some are very. Uh, stout defensively, like you're, you've seen Uruguay. They are just very physical, very rigged. So you have that, and then you have the flair of like a Brazil, Argentina. You never know what the African teams could bring, even though I know they underwhelmed at the last World Cup. So I still think there's different dynamics, mm-hmm. and we got to include Mexico as well. Mexico always presents as a tough. Time. And I mean the future of 2026 yeah, yeah, yeah. World Cup champions, I, the United States, right, right. Which we're repping here. I'm going on recency, but nevertheless, <laughs> yes. You know, you know, but let's you, look yeah. at 2022, even though that is kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of skipping past that <laughs> one. But, uh, all right, dude. I'm uh, I'm ready to jump into Group A. Yes. Uh, I want to point out that with each group, we are going to be using the DraftKings Sportsbook. So all the odds that are going to be referenced are going to be from the DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to degen the way I'm going to be degening a lot, Alan. I mean, I know you don't like to dabble, but I'll be doing the dabbling for you. I do love me some DraftKings, though. DFS. I okay. Because yeah. okay. I'm a nerd with the players. Group A features Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Alan, Italy is going to play all three home games at home. Mm-hmm. All three home games at home, obviously. But yeah. all their games are going to be in Rome. Italy's first return to a major tournament since 2016 euros missed the 2018 world cup mm-hmm. and it was honestly like a fucking national travesty like people were the the economy went down yeah. hotels were like like it was wild because i didn't know this until i spoke to a buddy of mine who's italian and his family owns a hotel in uh milan and they said that during major tournaments and in particular the world cup a lot of tourists go to certain countries to experience the atmosphere mm-hmm. of going to a bar in rome or in milan to watch an italy right. game you know i also had another friend who studied abroad in 2012 and was in madrid for the euro cup mm-hmm. and he's like dude that was fucking bananas yeah, that was like yeah. the craziest shit i've ever seen yeah. 
So tourism went down, the economy like collapsed. Or like, they're also bad sweet. Like not bad, but like very average sweet tea. Look, yeah. when you're Italy, you're yeah. Germany, you're Brazil, right. Argentina, the, the the cream yeah. of the crop, the seven or eight nations yeah. that carry cachet, yeah. you got to be making major yeah. tournaments. They were they went in a very sad playoff at home too. So yeah. it was just it was like on a Monday. I swear everyone was down. <clears throat> so yeah. historically. When you think of Italy, you think defensively. This team a little more offensive yes. than years past. 24-match undefeated streak. But they haven't really played a lot of elite competition. It's a lot of, a lot of qualifying, a lot of Nations League matches. But, right. but I think people are just kind of excited <clears throat> by a refreshed Italy. And they kind of just miss seeing the Classic because they hold a lot of history. Like People generally like, whether you love or hate Italy, they're going to spark a reaction out of you. Right. They remind me of a team that... I always kind of have in the back of my mind, like when mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, as a degenerate, and I like to bet, mm -hmm. even my pops, I know my pops had him nine to one in 2006. He was like the only Greek dude in a story wow. that was rooting for the Italians. And Italy is always a team where like you talk about your Brazils, you talk about France and Germany, and then you'll be like, yeah, let's not forget about Italy. They're yeah. kind of just always here in the background, right. just because historically, you know, the defensive mind and they always have Buffon in that. They're not going to have Buffon in this one. Mm -hmm. And just like defensively, just it's still got Bonucci and Kilnini. Right. Yeah, which, which is which, which is, is probably yeah. it might be the best defensive pairing center backs in the tournament, especially when you factor in these guys have been playing together all these years. I think France has something to say about that, but yeah, Very, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> France is also France has a lot to say about everything. But but the fact they have that experience, you know, who vent this connection and uh, a primary a lot of like the Thai national team mostly plays in Italy. They don't really spread out which is something that I know a lot of national teams wish they had because mm -hmm. you see uh, in Spain, Germany, France, like they branch out pretty well. So I think just this group in general, I think it's most balanced because mm -hmm. Italy, even though they've impressed, it's still a lot of wait and see because it's just they've been off the national radar. But I think Turkey is very much something to talk about just because their young generation is now coming up. And then you have Wales, which had made that big run in 2016. And then Switzerland's always kind of competitive. So mm -hmm. this is a very balanced group to me, which it's not a lot of firepower, but it should be a lot of competitive games. Yeah, it does seem to be one of the more competitive groups. Obviously, we have the group of death we'll get to mm -hmm. in a little bit. I want to mention one thing. Uh, if you had to guess, how many Euro Cups have Italy won? Because I was astonished by the answer to this. I think just one. Yeah, yeah. 1968. They've won four World Cups because you see the stars. Right. Yeah. I was like, seriously? I had to check like another source too because I just couldn't believe it. I just right. would have thought. And they have two second place finishes in 2000 and then in 2012. Mm -hmm. Got absolutely demolished in 2012. Yeah. And then they lost in extra time to Trezeguet who was playing in Italy at the time. Ooh. Scored that game winner there mm -hmm. too. I never would have guessed that they've only won one. Uh, mm -hmm. Immobile, 20 goal campaign. Won the Golden Shoe last year. Big reason why Lazio made to Champions League knockout stage. Which the stage. golden shoe is when you lead all goal scorers in Europe. Mm -hmm. We had 36. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's talking about the EPL, the Bundesliga. Right. Yeah, no, his stats are really up there. Lewandowski, yeah. Kane, Messi, etc. Um, I feel confident saying they should win the group. Italy definitely <clears> should win the group. I think they might have one of the best midfielders, midfields, period. Like, Barella was a big reason why Inter won Set off for the first time over 10 years. Jorginho just won Champions League with Chelsea. Verratti stays healthy, which I know all my I know, just man. fingers yes, crossed, Jesus. always can you just stay healthy for once. 
But uh, I have a little questions about uh, Roberto Mancini. Never been convinced by him as a manager, but international is totally different. So we'll see about that. But you know, this is a group where even though there are going to be some tight games, I just think they are by far the most talented team. But you know, these other three teams, I think it's going to be pretty neck and neck, especially given like their tournament resume. When you look at Switzerland, like a lot of these teams are battle tested. So Italy is minus one eighty five to win the group. Mm-hmm. The second favorite to win the group is Switzerland. Switzerland, their best finish was in 2016. They made it to the round of the 16, so they got out the group. Mm-hmm. Their best player, I think, is Rodriguez, the defenseman. Fullback. Yeah, Fullback. Yeah, yeah. Shakira uh, hasn't played a bit. I love me some Shakira, yeah, but he, he is, um, does not play a lot. He scored recently in a friendly against the United States, yeah, did Rodriguez, and he's also a dead ball specialist for them. Yeah, yeah. Takes a lot of the free kicks, penalty kicks. So, so They're pretty bland, but the thing is they're very – uh, they, they have a lot of tournament experience. They're very unified, but it's just it's not always pretty to see. And their most exciting player barely plays for Liverpool, so it's they're kind of like a team you, you you see moments, but ultimately they're, they're kind of boring and neutral, like yeah. their, their country actually is too, yeah. right? Like they got good food, I heard. But <laughs> <laughs> as someone that's never been to Switzerland, yeah. you know, we're gonna be trashing a lot of these countries, and I've never been to them. Uh, <laughs> Turkey. I'm excited about Turkey. So this was uh, something that stood out to me. You know, their manager is the same manager from the O2 team that came in third in the World Cup. Right. So they bring him back. Their best Euro finish was third also in 08. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know much about the Turkey squad. They're excited because in all three parts so they got this defender who is probably one of my fit players to watch his name Sedar Sayanchu he's been a big reason why Leicester's been competing for top fourth place over the past years old school he has like this ponytail he looks like Undertaker from the 90s when wow. Ministry of Darkness you know the ponytail like yeah, it goes yeah, up and yeah. down yeah he is very old school no nonsense he's fun to watch Chalanoglu big reason why Milan qualified for Champions League for the first time in like 8 years one of those classic set piece specialists but the main guy, and this is someone everyone has to watch out for, his name's Burak Yomaz, uh, top striker for Lille. Lille won the French League, which is huge. They mm-hmm. surpassed PSG. He had like 18 goals. He's 36 years old, and he's just a wild man. He scored a hat trick against uh, Holland in the last qualifiers. He Just the fact that he's 36 years old and just going wild and one of the biggest reasons why uh, PSG did not win the French League I think is just remarkable, and I, he's going to lead the line for him. So Turkey's got some players, and they're always a team you kind of have to watch for towards. Like you're one of those like classic teams that are like they don't have a lot when it comes to like resources. Like one of the small countries, but they can always spark up a surprise. We saw that in '02. We saw that '08. Oh, yes. Yeah, so they've had their moments, and I think this group kind of bounced out from pretty nicely so I'm, I'm excited about turkey they're like one of the mid-tier countries that i think could actually do a major run last but not least in this group is wales uh coming off their best finish ever the semis in 2016 famously uh ruining my uh futures ticket right wait w- weren't they the ones that beat england no how was iceland Iceland, oh my yeah. god! Wales, England uh, was actually the only team. I mean, Wales, uh, England's only win the Euro Cup was against Wales. Ninetieth minute, I think Daniel Sturridge scored the winner. That's right. Yeah, so other oh, than England, man. drew Russia and Slovakia, and then they lost Iceland. Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. but Wales, they beat Belgium, which was a huge moment. But I think they peaked in 2016. Gareth Bale's not been the same. Aaron Ramsey's not the same. Uh, Ryan Giggs was their manager, but got some. Uh, 
apparently assaulted a woman and now he is not the manager anymore so they have torment drama right before so that's not ideal and i i don't know i don't see too many young players come up like i think wales i i'm not high on them at all but you never know gareth bell magic you always gotta keep that in your mind and you know aaron ramsey's a pretty solid midfielder but besides that i'm not really excited about this wales team at all apparently this is gonna be the last stand for a bail with uh with wales there's a lot of heavy rumors that he might retire after this one which is crazy like he's retiring period they think like he's 31 years old like from the sport like, yeah I, he's just one of those guys that never seemed overly passionate about sport uh the sport like he's very much into golf and i think him not playing for madrid much just kind of took his passion soured him yeah man he was so special on those those three peat Champions League Real Madrid right. teams, man, yeah. and that one year I think he either scored the game the against Barcelona, the tying no against Atletico. Yeah, it was either the tie or to win it, but also like you know he has that famous goal against Barcelona where he's yeah. like running out of bounds right. and then right. that was so, the Copa del Rey. And let's not forget the the size of goal against Liverpool. Yeah, eighteen dude, 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 he's had moments, man. and that's what I'm saying. Like he could still have his moments. It's just he's barely played. Like he didn't get to do much at Tottenham and. uh it's just the fact that like their best players are kind of declining makes me pretty sour on Wales. So what is your prediction for how the group's going to play out? I got Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, Wales. Okay. Uh, is any of your third place teams in this? Uh, I do have Switzerland. Just I, They always manage just to get to knockout stage. That's the main reason why they're, they'll slide through. Okay. Okay. I have Italy. Turkey, and I don't, I don't have Switzerland, so I have just them two going through. Okay. Um, okay. Group B: Belgium, Denmark, Russia, Finland. Mm-hmm. Belgium, them in the Netherlands are the two biggest favorites, along with England, to advance out of their group and to finish first in their group. Belgium is also number one team in the FIFA rankings. Are they? You know, FIFA rankings are. It's very much no. It doesn't make much sense. It seems very convoluted. Who would you say should be number one? France. France. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about Belgium, bro. Uh, it's going generation, kind of still in their peak, but kind of decline. Like, don't be wrong. Like De Bruyne and Lukaku are still very much at the top of their game. But like the defense is getting a little older, the guys, guys like all the Riedeld, um, Vertonghen, like they are kind of aging. Uh, I got to mention Tibo Quartz has come out fantastic year. He's another one of those like the key foundation pieces. He's still at the top. He's still there. So the fact that they got one of the best strikers in the world, one of the top keepers in the world, the best playmaking midfielder in the world, that's the most exciting part about Belgium. But the depth isn't still quite there. The compare was you know three five years ago. And just the whole question about Eden Hazard, will we ever see him the same again? Because the past two years have been rough. And he, on his game, is one of the most electrifying players in the sport. He will take on defenders. He could go uh, sideline and sideline. Like, he is just incredible. But he just has not been fit. And so who knows? Apparently, Hazard had a metal plate put into his foot when he was with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And then when he got to Madrid, it started to act up on him. Damn, Chelsea made the $100 million profit. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah. They scored 40 goals in qualifying and went 10 for 10 with wins. They finished third in the World Cup 2018. Their best finish ever was runner-up in 1980 in the Euro. Mm -hmm. Lukaku needs to be that 
man beast that Tim Howard had called them that one year. Mm-hmm. Remember when Belgium and the U.S. played in the round 2014. 2014? That's when he had Judlocks. And that's when they both played on Everton. Yeah. And he was saying how Lukaku, like they call him the man beast. He's a cheat code. Yeah. When he's on, he's a cheat code. People say, oh, he has on first touch. Look, he is a nightmare to deal with. Like his body and then just the way he, he just... Just accelerates and then his, his his link up play like he is your classic center forward and I think he's gonna have a monster tournament especially in a group that's very favorable. Yeah, very like to me this is the most unbalanced group. Like to me Belgium is far superior than these other three teams. Yeah, and also he um to qualify out of the group they have some of the biggest odds. Just to qualify out of the group it's gigantic what their odds are to make it out. So it's you know minus twenty five hundred meaning. You got to put $25 to win a dollar on them to not make it out the group. Um, I think they finish rather comfortably. I even think that they should go three for three with wins. Right. Unless they rest their players for whatever reason. But this is just, they're just so superior, like top to bottom. And um, Roberto Martinez is always someone like people are kind of iffy on, but he's like kind of like Mancini. It's like, okay, he's kind of been blessed with this really good team. How will we handle it? But Let's not forget, like, they beat Brazil in the last World Cup, and that was a huge moment. Like, people are saying this. They, like, to me, Belgium hasn't completely flopped. Like, yes, they've underwhelmed disappointed times, but, look, they beat Brazil in a very uh, – to me, that was, like, one of the best matches, period, from the past World Cup. And then they lost the eventual champion France. But to me, Belgium, like, yes, they need to deliver, but let's not take away from their past achievements. Like, they've done well. It's just now you kind of want to see them take it to the next level. I feel as if – um. They've they've had a lot of guys win recently for them too, and I mentioned Carrasco before. He was a guy who ended up playing in China like briefly, and then he came he, back. he capitalized. Remember that that little time period in soccer where everyone wanted to go to China just to make yeah. that money. He capitalized on. Yeah, it. and then he came back to Atletico. Yeah. He's a guy that always stood out for me. He yeah. would he would be like the super sub for them. They right. they bring him up right. off the bench yeah. and he play. Well. I also really like Dries Mertens on Napoli. Yeah, Mertens too is yeah. a guy that always stood out. Yeah. So yeah, I think they should advance rather comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, Denmark. They've won all three of their World Cup qualifying games. They're rugged. And they've scored 14 goals and haven't given up any. Wow. A lot of inferior competition. It's like Israel is on there Mm -hmm. and some other like... I wonder if there's a Faroe Island or San Marino in there. There might be. There might be. But uh, the the goalie is one of the best goalies in the world. Love me some Kasper Schmeichel. And... They have they have a lot of guys that play on like some big clubs like mm-hmm. Christensen plays for Chelsea. Chelsea. He yeah. came on for Thiago Silva mm-hmm. in the final and like they didn't fall apart. Right. Uh, especially with what Silva means to that team. Yeah. I feel like the key for them and the be all end all is Ericsson. Yeah, he has to be that playmaker. And he's delivered for the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. love him for a reason. Um set pieces, it should be uh, him and only him. Yeah. And, uh, I just think that he's the biggest key for them. And yo, their best finish ever. They won it in 1992, right. which is uh, pretty pretty surreal. Yeah. They have. Uh, I was looking at the roster. They have the number nine for Barcelona on their team. Oh, Martin like, Brathwaite. Yeah, but like he doesn't play for them. No, much no, very no, underwhelming. No, but it's no. just cool to like if yeah. you have to watch that and be like, yo, they got the number nine for yeah. Barca. Yeah. But Paulson's really. good on Leipzig. He's like this. He has like a ponytail. He's like this big lanky dude. He could play right wing. He could play center forward. He's someone to look out for. Uh, Emil Hoiberg was like Tottenham's like holy midfielder slash destroyer. He's a very physical presence. So they're very they're kind of like Switzerland. Very rugged, but I think they have a little bit more flair. Um, and I, they also have more guys that could kind of, well, like with Ericsson. Mm-hmm. 
you have a guy that could take over a game. Right. Well, I don't think Switzerland Or they, they could make that one magic moment. And past World Cup, they were good. They beat a very good Peru team, beat mm-hmm. Australia, drew France. And, hey, they, they pushed Croatia to the limit. They just ultimately lost in the shootout. So Denmark, they're going to be a tough out. It's just, once again, not one of those glamorous teams you really want to watch. Speaking of tough, they are very good in the air and on mm-hmm. set pieces because they have a lot of size. Mm-hmm. And then with Ericsson being so good on set yeah. pieces, I think that's something to watch. They're... They're solid. Like, we're spending time on Denmark because I have them making it out the group. They're solid enough to make it out the group. Yeah. And they have some, I would say, borderline big-name players mm-hmm. or, or uh, noteworthy players yeah, no is a better names. way yeah, of yeah. putting it. Yeah. Um, okay, Russia. I'm wondering how the World Cup success lingers over. That and also two of the three games is in St. Petersburg. Yeah. So, And we saw how they fed off that home crowd in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, They got all the way to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back penalty appearances. I forgot about that. They beat Spain. Yeah, and, they lost and then Croatia. they lost to Croatia. Yeah. Uh, how stressed out were you there in those penalty games? <laughs> I, I lost five years of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's brutal, man. It's it's the best feeling when they make it through on penalties. But when they no, lose, it's like so much anxiety goes into that, It's man. terrible. The, the only time it's a really good feeling is when uh, if you're going second and the team misses first and you, you get that little bit of a feeling. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to crash a little bit, but, like, the, just if, if it's – you have the advantage, it's good. But, like, if you're down, it's like, you know, if they don't yeah, save this. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah more tense. Right. So, this was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Two of the three games are in St. Petersburg. Their mm-hmm. one game is in Copenhagen. Wow. against Denmark right. so it's like they're gonna be which is fair because they just host a major tournament right so right like, but right. it's but it's it's gonna be fun to see them have they're probably the only team in in the group stages mm-hmm. that actually is gonna have home field play a role in those games yeah. because two of them are gonna be at home for Russia and then one is gonna be it's a valid in, point in yeah. Copenhagen That's against Denmark yeah. uh their best finish ever in 2018 they went to the semis remember our shaven the dude that oh, won. 2008. Oh, 2008. What yeah, did I say? You said 2018. 18, yeah. no, no. Um, 2008, yeah. 2008. Uh, when Goose was manager and they had Yarashav in Classic. Yeah. They don't have a lot of, like, stars no, on this a, team. a lot of them play in Russia. But they yeah. seem to play well together and that factor of playing in Russia, what you said, the yeah. lingering success right, right, from right, the yeah. World like, Cup. Like, Go- Golovin's someone to watch. He plays for Monaco, uh, center attacking mid. He's, like, one of their more flair players. Be on the lookout for him, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of them play nationally. There's one funny story. So they have a six foot seven striker. His name's Artem Zhuba, and he briefly was dropped from the national team because their video leaked of him masturbating. Oh, yeah. he was cranking it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he called. It. He got dropped from the national team, but he was like he's like the captain of Zenit St. Petersburg. Zenit uh, won yeah, the league, yeah, yeah. so uh, he's 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 fun to watch just because he's six seven, but he's big. He's not like a Peter Crouch lanky. He's like this is big massive figure. He can't move, but like he makes his present felt. So Russia has some guys. It's just they don't play across Europe. It, you don't, I don't really know too much about the players, but and I don't really hear much buzz about them. But then again, I don't hear much buzz. But the only buzz I heard in 2018 was that this was their worst national team ever. And then they make the they were the lowest ranked team on FIFA. Yeah, going into that like too. I heard nothing about all oh, this team is gonna be abysmal. Like don't watch them. And then they just slaughter Saudi Arabia and beat Egypt. And you know they did they did their thing, but. Uh, I don't think there's much hype for them again, but they're they're another team that they command some respect. You gotta acknowledge them. Last team in this group is Finland. Salute to Finland, man! It's like their first major tournament. How long? First ever major tournament. First period. Ever, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Their manager is a former center back for them and a school teacher who had no club 
coaching success. I feel like Finland's the Iceland. I don't think they're gonna have the success of Iceland, but it's just a fun, feel good thing. They have a dude who Premier League fans might know, Puki. Yeah, he was fun for Norwich. Norwich. Yeah, he scored ten of sixteen goals for Finland in qualifying. Yeah, he's he's your standard scores a lot of goals in the championship second division, but then when he gets to Prem, it doesn't work out too well for him. But he he's he's fun. Um, so the way I have this group set up, uh, Belgium is the favorite. I have them winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have ready for this. I got Denmark coming in second. Finland is one of my teams to be the best third place qualifiers. Okay. That's that's a big wild card. Yeah, uh, Russia. I think they come in last. I think Finland might have the only only national team to have an MLS player in the Euros. I think they have one MLS. Let's go player. baby. Yeah, you got to represent. Go. We got to represent. Even better. I didn't know that stat, but I'm I'm on board yeah, now. Yeah. How do you have this group playing? Out? I got Belgium, Denmark, Russia, Finland. Russia is one of my third place teams going through. Okay. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm probably gonna eat crow on that one, but if I make it, Island, you know, yeah. I'm gonna be tapping myself on the back. I think them and North Macedonia are the biggest like underdogs in this tournament. That just come to mind because we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Those two countries have not been a major tournament in a very long time. Did you know that, North? Macedonia is the biggest long shot because they are five hundred to one. Odds. I didn't. It's just it's it's just been a long time since they've been in national spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually the next group too. Yeah. Group C. We got Holland, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. Holland, the Netherlands. The bat. They're back. They're back. Finals in twenty ten World Cup. Semis in twenty fourteen World Cup. They missed the Euros in sixteen, and they missed the World Cup in eighteen. Mm-hmm. They won it in 1988, and they have how many third-place finishes, you think? Two? Four. Jeez. Finished third in 76, 92, 2000, and in 04. I know in 98 World Cup, they lost to Croatia in the third-place game. They haven't won a Euro Cup game. It's been long. Since 2008. Yeah, because in 2012, to me, one of the craziest groups ever was... Germany, Portugal, Netherlands, Denmark. One of the cra- craziest groups. Because this was like peak Portugal, peak Germany, and they won a game. Even Denmark beat them. Bro, and that was peak Netherlands. Dude. Yeah. You're, you're talking about two. Rob and Schneider. Oh, yeah. Come off 2010. 2010. They Van made it to the Percy, final. Schneider, Robin. And, then, and yeah. then they're in the semis in 2014. You're right. Oh, great point. So they are another team who's going to have all three of their games at home mm-hmm. playing in Amsterdam. No Van Dyke, we said. Yeah. Uh, probably the best defender in the world yeah with liverpool um 
Easiest draw of any national powerhouse team. They have the biggest odds of any team to advance out of the group. They're strong up the middle, both defensively and in the midfield. And Memphis Depay never did it for me. I'm a fan of him, but I understand why. But he seems to be their most... Prolific player. Prolific player. Yeah, he he kind of be like a false nine, but he's bare on the wing, but they don't really have that true center for Like, they never replaced Van Persie. Mm. So, but Depay is always hot and cold, but, like, for Leon, he's been turning it up. And he's just someone, he's on his game. He, he takes on defenders, scores worldies. Like, he, he gives off on the watch. And then you have De Jong and Wijnaldum, very strong midfield. Uh, center backs, DeLitt and uh, DeVry, who was a big part of Inter winning the Serie A. So, this is a pretty formidable Netherlands team. I do think this is by far the worst group just because Netherlands has not qualified for so long. Ukraine, to me, and Austria were like the two worst teams in the previous Euros. Like they were borderline unwatchable. And then you have North Macedonia, which you know, hasn't made a tournament in so long. So to me, this is a very, very weak group. But it's, I guess it's just exciting the fact that Netherlands is back and maybe North Macedonia could be a huge surprise. Maybe Ukraine could bring it back. I don't really rate Austria. So, Bro, you don't even believe that for North Macedonia could be a surprise. Come on, man. They still got Goran Pondev. <laughs> like, do you remember Goran, Goran Pondev was on the inter team with Mourinho? That's how long ago he's been playing. Like, he's 38 years old. He is, his widow's peak is the craziest I've ever seen in my life. Like, but, uh, and I do want to mention North Macedonia. Their midfielder is actually Dean Mozagra's captain. So and Dimo Zagreb's come off to like their biggest best year in a long time for Croatia. So they also have a twenty one yeah. year old who's probably their best player, uh Elmas, plays for Napoli too. Oh, okay. A starter. So they can see there's moving pieces here. But uh <laughs> no, I think this is Netherlands group to uh to lose. Like, I think they're you know by far the best team. Uh mm-hmm. Ukraine's a little bit of a nostalgic feel just because Shevchenko's manager. Like, who, do, who, who, who doesn't love Shevchenko? Like Bro. he still looks really good for his age too. Yeah, and I do want to mention, I think the player to watch, like if you want someone on their radar, his name's Rusam Malvineski. He plays for, he's one of the big reasons why Antalanta has been so good these past few mm. years. He's an attacking midfielder, just an absolute rocket of a right foot. He's not one of these players that bends it in. He just blasts it. Like he's very precise. So Ukraine, I don't know too much of the national because a lot of the national team plays in Ukraine, but he's one of the ones that uh, they're delivering Europe. Like Antalanta, they're, I think, the 14th, uh, richest Italian team, so you consider study out twenty teams. Like they're one of the poor teams in Serie mm. Yet they've come in second, third place the past few years. They also made a Champions League run. Yeah, they lost to PSG. Yeah, which, yeah I remember I, we, I showed up to a podcast afterwards. I was so dejected because <laughs> I uh, they're great throw on to lot of this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's one of the big reasons behind that their success. We saw Mavaneski, but uh, yeah, I think this is Holland's group to lose and. I don't know. I don't find this is not much of an intriguing group. Uh, maybe something will spark up here, but I think it's just people want to enjoy Holland and see what else happens. They have never made it out the group stages in the mm-hmm. Euro. They've won one of the six games ever in their history. They got a dude who plays for West Ham, Yarmolenko, who's uh, pretty flashy. He's got a rocket left foot, but yeah. he's, he has not been fit for the past like two years. And then Austria got Alaba. He plays like four positions for yeah. him. Like literally. And he and he plays like at an elite level on all Dude, those positions. He'll play attacking mid, then he'll play holy midfielder, then he'll play left wing back. Meanwhile, for Bayern, he'll play center back. Like it's crazy. He's going Madrid too. Yeah. So uh he's got a lot going on for him. Uh they their best 
finish ever is just making the group stages in 08 and in 2016. Well, they hosted in 08, so yeah. it was all mech. Yeah. Austria's always kind of been a pretty disappointing country. How do you have this group shaping out? Uh, Netherlands, Ukraine, North Macedonia, Austria. Uh, Nor- wow. North Macedonia is not one of my third place teams. Wow, interesting. Hey, yeah. that'd be a big win for them, man. As, just just to finish, even to not yeah. be at the bottom. I yeah. got it. Netherlands, Ukraine, and I don't have a third place coming out. Um, real quick, the odds: Netherlands minus two hundred five to win the group, plus four fifty for Austria, plus four seventy five for Ukraine. Forty to one odds for North Macedonia. They are the biggest long shot to win their group. As well as the biggest long shot to win the Euro Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, to put it in perspective, Greece had better odds of winning the Euro Cup than Macedonia did. Still got to fit that Greek match. Got it. Lambs up, baby. <laughs> Lambs up. Okay. Next group, Alan, is Group D. Oh, we're about to have some fun. We're about to have some fun. <laughs> okay. This is England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. I think, a lot I think of storyline here. A lot of storyline yeah. here. A lot of storyline here. Um, I want to start off with England. Mm-hmm. All three games are going to be at Wembley. The semis and the final is also going to be at Wembley. If they make it out the group, I believe they should, their two games in the knockout stages are not going to be in London. So that's a little tidbit there. What's their best finish ever in the Euros? 96, I remember, was pretty historic. They came out, yes, correct. They mm-hmm. were uh, semis. Yeah. Um, they're the favorite currently to win the Euro. Wow. They have insane young offensive talent. Harry Kane is the defending golden score, golden boot score yeah. of the World Cup. Correct. He's coming off a, a big campaign, 23 mm-hmm. goals, 14 assists. Mm-hmm. They crumble under pressure. It's well documented. And now expectation is you got to win it. They haven't won a major tournament since 1966. Mm. Thoughts? They have an absurd amount of young talent, attacking Insane. talent. And we're, it's wild. We're talking like Raheem Sterling is pretty established. I wouldn't consider him young at this point. I feel like he's been on the national rare for like seven years now. He's been young for like five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so I wouldn't consider him. But we're talking Jane Sancho, who doesn't play in the Premier League, but he's been tearing up for Dortmund. Let's go, uh, yeah. baby. I love me some Jack Grealish. He plays for Aston Villa, so he doesn't get quite the recognition. But he's one of the most clever dribblers, fantastic playmaker. Um, they have Phil Foden, who's young player of the year, and he seems like he could play a whole different positions. Mason Mount come off a fantastic year. I think it was Chelsea's best player. So you have... Uh, Mount, you have uh, Foden, you have Sancho, you have Grealish. Uh, Bayoko Saka is a potential option. One of Arsenal's uh, young studs coming up. So, uh, one of the very few Arsenal young studs. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. So, uh, Dude, real quick side note. I was looking at the 04 Arsenal roster. Yeah. It's like Gilberto, Silva, Vieira, Perez, Bergkamp, Henri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Invincibles. Also, I meant oh, how we not mentioned uh, Marcus Rashford as well. Right, know. he's going to be yeah. the captain for them. No. Yeah, that's I saw over I saw Harry Kane. I think I saw a headline. I'm surprised about that. Harry Kane's been much longer. Marcus Rashford. Everyone loves Marcus Rashford doing a lot of big things in the community, and he's had a bit of a down year by his standards, but he's such a big threat, especially coming off the left wing. So, England attacking wise, they have an abundance of talent. It's just at the back keeper and mid. Field death is a concern. Jordan Henderson hasn't played a competitive game since mid-February. He's kind of their leader. He he will be playing the tournament, but 
he, the fact that he hasn't played competitive games since February has to be concerned. Harry Maguire's got injured. He's struggling for fitness. He's one of their main defenders. They just lost Channel and Arnold, who I don't think was going to start, but he's one the, arguably the best attacking fullback in the world. Uh, losing him is a big loss just because Sepi specialist, someone you could bring off their trailing, need a goal. He's just putting crosses in the box, big for that. So they they do they are missing some pieces, but this is a very exciting England team. I stand corrected. He was the captain for the friendly that they had today. Oh, <laughs> it's Harry Kane. You're right. Yeah, um, it's your Harry Kane or Jordan Henderson. Those are the two main ones. So Roy Keane snapped that Henderson made the team. Roy Keane always does Roy <laughs> Keane things. I love me some Roy Keane, but he's kind of I don't know who to compare. I don't know who the American comparison is. Yo, so this is if they come in first. They got a tough draw. Yeah, they're going to play the second place team of Germany, France, Portugal, Portugal. and Hungary. Yeah. So that's you're going to have a tough test coming out the group. It's the worst part of Euros where it's just like, okay, you should, you feel like you're being rewarded for winning the group, and then the next thing you, you know, draw it's the like, group of death, yeah. you're like, fuck, dude, I got to yeah. play France now or some yeah. shit. And it's not, and was in their control. It's just this is how UEFA line it up. So I, that's the thing I really hate about the new format, but you just got to put up with it. But I think England's in a position where it's like, you know, I don't think there should be the number one odds, but I do think they're a top four team. I do think besides France, Portugal, and Belgium, like they probably are the best team across Europe just with how much attacking talent they have. So they should have the belief, and they shouldn't be afraid of anyone. It's just there's not a lot of experience there. There are questions about Southgate. Defensively, they're shaky. I do not like Jordan Pickford. I think keeper-wise, there there's it's probably their there. weakness, right? Yeah, it's a big weakness there. And I just think defensively, there are some questions. So, And it's just, will they, like, how they crumbled in the semifinal against Croatia, that's I don't think it's going to linger, but it's definitely something that furious people, especially English fans, because they had such control in that match. And then it's just they kept retreating, they kept retreating. And they're just a team that they kind of they don't know how to play with a lead. That's the thing that's concerning with England. Like, can they put away teams before all that attacking talent? Time will tell. But uh, I think there's every reason to be excited about them. It's just perceive a caution. Croatia. Oh, yes. I'm going to let you speak about them. I just <laughs> want to say one thing. They have the same odds to win the Euros as they did to win the World Cup, 33 to 1 odds. Uh-huh. What is their best finishes ever in Euro Cup? I think quarterfinals at best. Quarterfinals? 6 and 08. Let's go. I got, I got bars. You they know lost, oh, That Turkey game. Oh, my God. They scored in the 119th minute. <clears throat> they allowed a goal in the 121st minute. One of the worst penalty shootouts everyone. This is young Modric, young Rockditch. They all missed the penalties. <laughs> everyone was crying. I was like 15 years old. First time ever in Scorpio's legendary creation bar in Astoria. I annoyed, like, I was devastated. Damn, but, you were a young, young buck then. Yeah, oh wait. Fuck, yeah. dude. You had to be like, what, 15? <laughs> yeah, 15. You were yeah. 15, oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh, I want to just mention one thing and tell me how you feel about this. I think their weakness is forward. There are a lot of weaknesses in them, but yeah, forwards, this question marks, the question marks defensively. No man, who would have thought? I always, I never liked that dude, but he just played well for... He, he did deliver, he yeah. did, but, you know, age, it's kind of like the end of their golden generation, if I could sub for Croatia. There's still some pieces there, likes of Modric, Perisic, Vida, Lovren, they're still, it's still there, but obviously, you know, 2018, everyone wanted to see something special because this was like their true core group, and look, they absolutely delivered. But, you know, Mandzukic retiring, Rockdich retiring, Subasic retiring. It was going to leave some holes. And uh, I don't want to say there's a World Cup hangover. I just, they've looked like, abs- they've looked pretty terrible since post-lockdown. Like, Nations League was a disaster. They have not looked convincing in qualifiers. 
There's still questions defensively, like how they're going to set up. Uh, Shimevashiko has not played in like two years, and like he's trying to play now, and he it looks like he has not played a sport in a bit. It's very disappointing, like because he was one of the heroes, and then he just had knee injury after knee injury. So him not being fits a problem. You know, if anything, Modric is still as good as ever. Like, he's coming off a great year for Madrid. I don't think there's any questions about him. Uh, Perisic, Brozovic, they just won the Serie A with Inter Milan. They're still playing at a consistent rate. It's just, there isn't a lot of reliability there. And it's like players that are over 30, that are aging, that you hope can still deliver, but outside of Modric and Perisic aren't delivering. And then you have a bunch of players that are 22, 23 that you hope that could deliver, but time away you know we're talking about Nikolai Vlasic Josep Brekola these are like the new Croatian young generation to be on the lookout for but uh there are a lot of questions but I will say Croatia usually like they, I, there hasn't been a tournament where they've completely just faltered like they usually if they're very competitive they're very intense it, it's just they find ways to lose in the most dramatic ways possible <laughs> which hurts but Coming out the gates, Croatia, England for his yeah, game. Yeah, which obviously, like, th- to me, this is the group of storylines. So you have the World Cup semifinal and then England, Scotland, huge rivalry. So this is like the storyline based group. Um, look, Croatia, they're very talented. It's just a matter, I I have questions about formation wise. They're still trying. Kovacic has been on the national team for six years. He still doesn't know his place, which is very disappointing. <laughs> but uh, they have a lot of talent. There's, I'm not questioning the talent. It's just, it's a weird time. Like, they're very much in a transitional phase and. It could either blow up in their face or they could totally surpass expectations. You know, those time will tell. But um, I'm not overly optimistic, but at the same time, I still have faith. Maybe that's the fanboy in me, but I, I do think they'll make it past the group. But I still want to have the faith. It's like, okay, let's at least make core final, especially off the World Cup. Like, establish yourself as at least a top eight European country. And I hope they could do that. Time will tell. So in this group, England's the favorite minus two forty five. Croatia's plus three fifty to win the group. Next, damn, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Next, it's uh, the Czech Republic, runners up in nineteen ninety six, their best finish ever, and in 04, they lost to the Greeks in the semis. Right. Uh, I don't know much about this Czech Republic team. Me either. They're kind of they didn't make it. A ways away from Milan Barros. Jan Kolar, Wojcicki, the great Pavel Nedved. Oh, Uh, that was my guy. You know, everyone's favorite Pierre Czech. Like, like when I first got into sport, it was 2006. And I remember seeing, like, that Czech role. I remember the first game I watched was, ironically, was against USA. I think they Mm -hmm. beat him, like, 3-0. I remember Jan Kolar just going right over Eddie Pope, just banging him. (laughs) But since then, they've been, I don't know, they just never quite... like recover from that golden generation, and I don't really know much about this team. They do, they were they have two key players that was that were a big part of West Ham's success. So West Ham came in six this year, huge surprise, and they have this midfielder. His name is um, Thomas Suchek. He's like six four. He's very awkward looking, but he scored like ten goals, and he's like a box box midfielder. He's someone to look out for. He he's very exciting. And then they have their right back play for West Ham. It's a uh, Vladimir Kufal, who is a uh, very aw- one what's good kind of awkward looking, but like. He just gets a dunning, but he's very good crossing-wise. So those are two players I think I've watched a little bit of and I think are players to watch out for. But Czech Republic, they're kind of a team, not a lot of star power and just kind of coming up. I will say, though, a lot of their players, they come from Spartak Prague, and they made to the core finals of the Europa League. and They knocked out Rangers. They knocked out Leicester City. So uh, I think there are some buzz for Czech Republic. It's just... Their players aren't very well known, so I'm not going to really – I can't really give like a full breakdown, but uh, I do think they will be competitive. It's just 
I wouldn't expect much. Last but not least is Scotland. Big deal, man. They're back. Yeah. 20 years. Uh, their best finish ever is in 92 and 96. They just made it to the, uh-huh. to the tournament. They have two games at home against the Czech Republic and Croatia mm-hmm. in Glasgow. They got a dude from Chelsea who should get some run. Gilmore, he's 19 years old. Yeah, and the then they got Robertson is probably their best player. The two best players are left backs. Robertson yeah. and Tierney. Tierney, Tierney is one of the uh, better players on Arsenal. So um, it's weird. Scotland, like people have been waiting, waiting and waiting. Like they, I think they're like one of the more fun fan bases because they're just so used to disappointment. Like they're one of those teams. I don't, like, I don't know what's the equivalent in America. Maybe like the Sixers. Even though they're nowhere near as good as but like they're so used to disappointment that if anything good happens, they just like embrace it. Like, that's to me what Scotland is. Like they're just gonna enjoy the ride, and whatever happens, happens. And they got some decent players, but I wouldn't really have much high expectation for them. Hmm. How you got this group playing out? I got England, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland. I don't have the Czech Republic as one of my teams. You know, I do. I do think this is a very fun group, but it's more of just like okay. England, Croatia, we want to see how that semifinal plays out. But, uh, you know, England, even though they have injury issues at the moment, I just think right now, like, I think people are going to be blown away at how good they are up front. Like, there is so much talent there. Like, I'm interested to see how they line up and uh, how many goals they score in this group. Like, Harry Kane, we might see him put up, like, four or five goals in this group stage. England, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic. I got Scotland being one of my four All teams right. to make it to. It'll make the tournament a lot more fun. Like, Scotland's kind of like the Ireland, Northern uh, Ironically, they're all from the UK. But, like, they're, like, they will start the fun chance. They'll get it going. And I think just uh, you want to see, like, a country that's well-known finally make it after such a long time out. So, you know, I guess they're, like, the little favorites that everyone's going to get behind. Group E. Mm -hmm. Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. Fun fact. Spain is tied for the most Euro Cup wins. Do you know how many they have? Three? Three. Yeah. 64, 08, and 2012 back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Only nation to win it back-to-back. They haven't won a knockout game since winning Euro 2012, so they didn't win any knockout games uh, in 16. Yeah, they lost to Antonio Conte's Italy. Very, very – that was just a weird game. This is the most there, – there are two fascinating storylines – for Spain. One of them is with no Sergio Ramos, two things happen, Alan. There are no players from the 08 2012, the 2012 winners of the Euro Cup. Now, Busquets was on that team? You sure? I want, I, that's the one thing I, I'm curious about was Busquets because he's like the only, he, to me, he's like the last player left from the Spain Gets legendary run. Spain. Hmm. Like, when did he make his debut? He actually just tested positive for COVID, too. Oh, damn. Five days before Euro 2020 at the start yeah. of uh, us talking about this. So, let me see. Was he on that team? Because I don't think De Gea was on that team yet because Casillas was the keeper. Um, he was there for 2010. So, maybe he's just like a squad player then. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel, I still consider him like part of the Spain okay. triple run, but you know, obviously, look, Sergio Ramos, he's like the right. biggest figure possible. So then that ties into the second point, mm-hmm. which is there's no Real Madrid players on the roster. Mm-hmm. That's the first time ever in Spain's history. Yeah, that's big. 
because that's yeah. a that's a cream of the crop. That's right. the biggest club in the world. And not to have no one representing that club yeah. on the Spain level. And I think people will question that given the manager Luis Enrique his ties to Barcelona. So there are some questions about that. And just leaving Ramos is a big statement. I know he's uh, hasn't been fit this year, and like he's always kind of you never know. If, it's always a red card or some sort of drama. But Ramos is still one to me one of the top defenders, and he's still someone that so much big match experience. The fact that and remember, like I don't know if we mentioned this, but like the Euro squ- squad is twenty six compared to twenty three. Usually the standard's twenty three, but due to how many games have been played this year and COVID, COVID they, they yeah. wanted to put twenty six. And Luis Enrique opted only to bring twenty four. So I have I think the storyline of this group is just how much uncertainty there is with Spain cuz I, I think this is to me the most bland group. I'm not particularly crazy about Slovakia, Poland or Sweden. I think <laughs> these are pretty average. No Zlatan, baby. No Zlatan hurts, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Man. But uh to me this Spain team there's a lot of uncertainty and it's just it's not the most exciting group. There's not a lot of, like big young talent coming up and how Luis Enrique cuz at the start, he was there, but then he had some sort of health issue. Like, he was a manager through parts of qualifying, and then he came back, and, like, his assistant took over, and then his assistant didn't like that he came back, and he fired the assistant. So, it's, there's been some drama in Spain, and then now, no Real Madrid players. That's kind of weird, and uh, it's just, I don't know. There's not a lot of buzz for Spain, and even though they're in a favorable group, I do expect them to win the group. I'm not really buzzing for them, and I think... Uh, if like I was doing predictions, like if they, I think the bracket works out well for them. But like if there was a big country, and the bracket didn't line well for them, I think they're the big one that would flop. Hmm. Yeah, Spain. It seems like we might start looking at them two tournaments from now as being because they have like a youth movement coming in too. Right. You know, they got that dude uh, Fernand Torres plays for Man City. Right. Pretty sure he scored like three or four goals against Germany in a yeah. He, he's they, he's one of their young talents, Marcus Llorente on Atletico Madrid. Uh, I know that Barcelona's this kid coming. I don't think he's on the squad though. Ansu Fati, he's like this 18-year-old kid, left winger, so explosive. But uh, he he's like one of the new generation eventually will come up. But I don't. It's just not like I don't get buzzed about them. And then I think there's major questions with De Gea. Mm. Like I don't think De Gea has been the same. And uh, crazy stat about him, he has not saved a penalty in 36 attempts. Oh shit! Think so about he's that. He's a Joe Bear when he's in. Like, think about 36 penalties he's allowed. And he's considered by many to be like a top three goalie. He in the was, world. yeah, yeah. He never, yo, bro, he ne- never, ever never did it. Never did for it, yeah. Just something about it. Just never. He got dropped at one point, but the thing is, Spain just doesn't have a replacement for him. And uh, another little cool thing, I guess, about, I guess, that's noteworthy about Spain is that this uh, one of Manchester City's main defenders, Amrick Laporte, was French. Deschamps never called him up, just didn't rate him, and now he just uh, transferred to Spain. He just changed, got citizenship. So, he, like, that's another thing. Like, he's never played for Spain, and now he's expected to be one of their main defenders in a tournament. Like, how is that going to work out? So, there's just a lot of moving pieces. I never, you want to talk about players that never did for you? Like, for me, it's Morata. I never liked Morata. Decent, you know, he's he's got good size, good legal play, but he's never been a good goal scorer. Always seems like bad body language like if he misses a chance head down like he just never won those strikers that is like one of those decisive finishes you want so i'm not crazy about spain at all i'm not gonna be hyping them up but this group is pretty weak and i think they'll get through it but i, I this isn't what like your traditional like five-star spain like okay this is one of your three favorites no i think spain's like a top seven team in europe right now they're gonna be strong in the midfield like they always are yeah and, and they're, they're a very frustrating team to watch sometimes too mm-hmm. 
where it's a lot of possession. Yeah. The tic-tac back and forth. Yeah, it yeah, could yeah. get very boring watching right. Spain. And the thing is, like, they don't have the star power. They, they, like, they, back then, you could tolerate it because you had, you had Xavi's, Xavi, Iniesta, and Fabregas. Yeah. Now, it's like, it's not a big star really in there. Poland. They made the final eight in 2016, their best finish ever. For me, the biggest weakness for them ties to Lewandowski. And it's not him, per mm -hmm. se. It's the fact that they don't have anyone that could set him up, really. It's not a lot of creativity. He scored no goals in the three games at the World Cup in mm -hmm. 2018. He broke a Bundesliga record this year, Alan. 49 years old. 41 goals he scored. Mm -hmm. But they obviously the talent at Bayern is like, <laughs> not even yeah, yeah. uncomparable to what Poland has. But I think that's a big weakness for them, bro, because yeah. they have no one to set up Lewandowski, who's probably the best number nine in the world. Right. Like no. pure center forward, it's probably yeah, him. I, I would agree with that. You know, I do think Holland will surpass him in a year or two, though. Yeah. Hopefully Norway makes a major tournament at some point. Man, that dude is a problem. <laughs> problem. And it's also crazy that like just going to leave off Mbappe. And We're talking about center forwards. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, but uh, back to Poland. Yeah. What are, What are your thoughts on Poland? Do you agree that that's the biggest weakness for them? That they don't really yeah, have a they're, lot of they're, setting up. For... They're fairly mediocre. I thought they were one of the worst teams in the World Cup back then, and there were high expectations for them. Like Milik was one of their riding stars. He hasn't really developed. He was because they they're one of the few teams that plays like their classic four four two, which you don't see very much anymore. But it's just it, there isn't much there um, attacking wise. Like they're. Pretty solid defensively. I do like Fabianski, their keeper, even though I think Chesney on Juventus will be the starter. So I think they're pretty solid keeper-wise. But I don't know. There isn't much glamour to the squad. But I do think, given Lewandowski, he'll probably get a couple goals in there and you know they'll fight through this group. But uh, Poland, they're one, they're not one like the mid-tier countries that I'm necessarily like going to big up. I think it's just more of like they got, they're in a functional group. And I think they're... You know, Lewandowski alone will push them to you know the knockout stage. Sweden, their best finish ever is the semis in 1992. We mentioned no Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was off, kind of retired, and then got they called brought back. Him back, which is, was shocking because he made so like he made a couple of derogatory statements towards the national team manager. But it's like it's Zlatan. It's Zlatan, bro. He yeah. cuts promos on everybody. <laughs> Everyone is on the menu with Ibrahimovic. That's why he's such a big fan favorite. Yeah. They got Forsberg from RB Leipzig, probably their most uh, impactful player. And uh, Is Isak? Yeah, he's Rossel being hyped Sedad. up. But to me, I think the player to watch it is uh, Kulovsky, who plays Juventus. One of the few bright spots here because Juventus had a terrible year. And they were borderline unwatchable at times. Like, I don't know, Pirlo was just a bad fit. But Kulovsky, he's like this 20-year-old inside forward winger. Be on the lookout for him. He's very exciting. Slovakia, round of 16 in 2016. Mm -hmm. Their best finish ever. They have one of the – they have the oldest roster – in the Euros, 10 players over the age of 30. Hamsik, probably the most iconic player. <laughs> yeah, the Mohawk the legendary. Mohawk. And Skriniar is very good on Inter, but like I watch, I have a lot of Irish friends, and like I watched Slovakia, Ireland, quite possibly one of the worst matches I've ever watched in my life. Like Slovakia got here on a playoff through being Ireland and Northern Ireland. Like they are not very good. Uh, I don't expect much from them. As we've talked about it, very underwhelming group. Even yeah, like the I favorite is. I like told you this is the blandest group to me. Yeah. yeah. How do you have it shaping out? I have it Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. Poland is one of the four teams I have going through. That's uh the same thing that I have too. Spain, Sweden, Poland, yeah. Slovakia. Yeah. Poland being one of yeah. the the ones yeah. uh, I, I I don't like this group at all. But thankfully we're ending this with a banger, the best group possible. 
I mean, dude, you want to talk about fucking okay, this is chaos. Group of death. Well, I'll, I'm waiting for you to bring out one of your signature phrases. Like, I think it fits the bill here. Slobber knocker, barn burners, bar fights. There you go. So, this is this is a European bar fight. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, group F: Germany, France, Portugal, Hungary. Check this shit out, Alan. The last three major tournaments. The winners. The winners are here. Bang. You got the World Cup, Germany mm-hmm. in 2014. You got France in 2018. 2018 the World Cups. And yeah. then you got Portugal, the defending champions of the Euro Cup. Who beat Portugal. Who beat, oh, beat who France. Beat France in yeah. France. Yeah. Uh, who do you want to start with first? Yeah, go defending champs. Portugal, yeah. Oh, I was going to say world champ. Oh, you see, I got to clarify. Okay, I got to clarify. I got to clarify. And because I think, I think, you know, look, there's so many storylines here, but we got to start off just out of nowhere. Kareem Benzema's back. Five year exodus. The sex tape god. Yeah. But one of the more <laughs> wacky stories, for those that don't know, yeah. Benzema, a, a premier talent, one of the best players in the world, plays for Real Madrid all these years, mm-hmm. uh, a French staple. Was it actually the number 10 for France also? Mm-hmm. Gets into this sex tape scandal with Valbuena. Teammate. In, teammate in like 2015. Gets exiled from the French team because he used it as blackmail against yeah. them. So he misses the Euros in France, which is misses the so Euros devastating. Yeah. Was saying how he'll never play for the French team again, how they betrayed him and whatnot. Call him racist, yeah. And then is now back on the team. And like, Hasn't even played a qualifier. Yeah, just the most sh- shocking um, call up yeah. of the whole tournament. I, I didn't hear any interviews, didn't see any headlines. It was just like, oh, Cream uh, Benson was getting called up. We're like, wait, what? And and it's very, it's it's a fascinating dynamic because this core of French players, I I remember, I said it back in 2016. <clears throat> they're gonna go on a Spain run. Obviously, they didn't win the Euro Cup then, but I still feel like. They won the World Cup in 2018. They're my pick to win the Euro Cup. And then I'd probably make them the favorite to win the world, the next World Cup, too. Like, this mm-hmm. is how good their core is. Dude, the Dude. depth. You're talking about, like, if Mbappe pulls a hamstring and has to miss the games, it's like you could call in you could call in Benzema there. Like, you have yeah. just so much depth across the board. Griezmann, I, Dembele. I think their most important player, though, is, mm-hmm. is Conte. Yes. The Conte workhorse, is, the engine. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's the engine. He's the motor. He's everywhere. He's, if you need someone just to win back possession, then you give it to Bogba, give it to Mbappe, give it to Griezmann, whoever. Like there you go. And I do think their fullbacks on the right, like Pavar, to me had the best goal of the past World Cup. He's one that of the one timer, of, right? Against Argentina. Yeah. I know you were heavily invested <sighs> in that game. <laughs> uh, Lucas Hernandez, very good fullback. A lot of a lot of Bayern uh, parts of this team. And then center back wise, uh, mm. I love Kimpembe on. Bayern Munich, and then oh, excuse me, PSG, and then Veron still stalling now over at Madrid. So they're very, they have such a strong core. I was fascinated by this yeah. because usually the the guy to win the Golden Ball Player of the tournament is like a goal scorer kind of. Mm-hmm. Conte's the favorite to win the Golden Ball. Kind of stood out to me. Yeah, just it caught me by surprise. Mm-hmm. I did say that I think he's their most important player. Yeah. This is. The most fascinating thing for me in 2018, Mbappe was running wild in Russia. Like he was a one man wrecking mm-hmm. crew, just taking on defenders and just creating so much havoc. He's better now than he was then. Yeah. And dude is only 21. 
He was 19. Dude, he's terrible. Yo, sorry, he's 22 now. So he, he, he technically qualifies as yeah. a young player of the tournament. Right. Because he came up when Monaco was at their peak in like 2017. They won the French League. They made it to the semifinals. And he was at the forefront of it. And you just see him now. It's just, dude, if you give him space, just say your prayers. Like, dude, it's he's just terrifying. Just the way he blazes past defenders. And then now you have such a decisive finisher in Benzema. And you have Griezmann, who I know he annoys people. But Griezmann, you, in that box... If he gets free, like he's scoring. He and, is as decisive as a game. And I know he's sort of been underwhelming since he's left Atletico. Mm-hmm. Shows out for France. Yeah, he does deliver. Yeah. And Drew's a great backup plan. I know people aren't crazy about Drew, but Drew, great hold up play. Someone as an alternative, great option. I think the only question about France, I think Loris has declined over the past few years. He kind of tends to have a mistake in him. If there is a, a weakness in France, I do think Keeper could be the one thing that holds him back. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, Germany here. Oh, by the way, France won it in 84 and then in 2000. And then they lost in the final in 2016. Okay, Germany. Tied for the most Euro Cup wins with three, along with Spain. They won it in 72 and 80 and in 1996. Recently, Allen, they lost in a friendly to North Macedonia. No, qualifier. Qualifier. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. I didn't know it was a qualifier. It was qualifier. Because, like, you actually care about those, <laughs> yeah. right? They lost 2-1 to them. Has the manager overstayed his welcome? I would say yes. And especially when you're a Germany and you get knocked out of the knockout stages. You bring them back? Well, they lost in group stage. Group stage, and, yeah, and even it worse. Was, it, the group was pretty... Like, like the teams are like South Korea, Mexico, Sweden. Like you were talking about, pretty subpar opposition. And the only game they won was because Tony Kroos had a ridiculous free kick from the angle. It was, it was like, basically yeah. like a corner. 90, yeah, ninety fifth minute. And besides that, they lost to Mexico, lost South Korea. Like it was bad. And like they haven't been that good in Nations League. Now. So this is his official last tournament. Hansi Flick, the Bayern manager, is going to take over after the tournament. So mm. I think German fans just have hope. Okay, whatever happens, at least the future. Because Hansi Flick did such a tremendous job at Bayern. But there's just so much uncertainty. There's a lot of dysfunction. Uh, like the past tournament, there was clicks being formed. There was a Bayern click. There was like a Turkish click, and then there was like a young player click. So I don't know how much confidence they have in Joachim Lowe, but I don't think it could be potentially any worse than it was in 2018. It's just a matter of like, will his style adapt? Because the thing with Germany, and I think why they fell apart, is just. They play like a high line, but the thing is, like, their fullbacks will go up, and like their center backs will just be isolated, and they don't have the quickest center backs, and they'll just they just got got at. That's how Mexico beat them. That's how South Korea beat them. So, I hope they alter their style a little bit. But even their squad, like, I'm not overly enthusiastic about. Like, like they have some aging players, the likes of Neuer and Cruz. Uh, they brought back um, uh, Matt Hummels, Hummels who and uh, I'm not that crazy about. Yeah, Moller most come from Saudi, but he's just someone. He's kind of like your poacher. Like he he knows where to put himself in the right positions to score. But and yo, back to back, he won golden golden ball. Yeah, oh, golden boots. Excuse me. Yeah, and look, he has an eye for goal, and he I'm I'm glad he's back. It's just I don't know. I don't see the young players progressing. I think Timo Warner has really been a disappointment Chelsea he's someone that he knows how to put himself in the right positions it's just he has no finishing ability whatsoever so um Leroy Sané is called for this one year Kai Averts hasn't quite clicked like I don't know the, Germany they have fun players it's just they're not in form right now which right. is something very important when you're looking at it 
You know, I mentioned before with Italy how they're always like in the back of my mm-hmm. mind. Germany's always there when it matters. Dude, look at this resume. Mm-hmm. 02, they come in second in the World Cup. 06, they come in third in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. 08, they're the runners up in the Euro Cup. They get to the semis in back to back seasons in back to back Euro Cups, third in 2012, mm-hmm. fourth in 2016. Mm-hmm. They win the World Cup in. 14 2014 yeah. and then in 2010 they make a run too yeah. and it's just like they they built almost two decades of consistency yeah which is yeah. very impressive on that's the international why I, level i don't want to be too cruel but it's like you look at recency that's where it's just like it's that's what makes their downfall so shocking what can you tell us about narby oh he's probably one of the better ones yeah yeah good night them in uh qualifying yeah eight girl uh, yeah eight girls and, eight, eight goals, goals. <laughs> hey man that's not forgetting i thought he was one of the biggest reasons why byron won the Champions League previous summer. Like He scored some big-time goals, and he's one of the most explosive talents. I heard they might play him up front as like a false nine, given how much they're mm. frustrated with Werner and Havertz. So we'll see. But I think he's better as a wing. Like, I, like To me, if Germany's going to be at their peak, I want to see Nabry and Sané as their wingers because I think they are two of the most dynamic talents on their roster. And uh, Sané, he's such a... he's kind of a free like he's big he has a huge afro and he just drives at the fence like you i love those wingers that have no fear and i think nabry and sign those players now will they flourish in system time will tell like i wasn't sane the guy that they excluded from the world cup team yeah and then there was the big controversy like how do you leave that guy yeah the and team? then look what happened right yeah and it's weird like him and then pep kind of uh ostracize them as well so like sane he has uh some discipline issues he's not the most a focus player, but raw talent-wise, I think he's one of their best talents. And I think if Germany's going to be successful, they need to get those two right. And it's going to be important how Tony Cruz recovers from COVID. He's coming back from that. Mm. And this is actually his last tournament, too. So how they integrate him. Uh, I do want to mention Gundogan, who I think was one of the city's best players. So he's someone to look out for. But overall, there's just, I don't know, I'm very concerned about Germany. And a big part of it is just how they've looked over the past few years. And to me, they're in a group of two of the best teams in Europe. Yeah. The, the other team being Portugal. Yeah. The, the actual defending champions of the Euro Cup. Man, their best players are coming off really good seasons. This is their golden generation coming up. You think so? Yeah, I think this is the best Portugal team since like 04, 06. Like this is a scary good team. Man, Rui Costa, Pauleta, Deco. Ronaldo, Deco. Figo, oh, great. Those are Ricardo uh, Carvalho. Uh, that's a that's a big claim there. That's a big claim there. No, but I, but you're right though. Like Felix, Bruno Silva, uh, Ronaldo. Still, I mean, Jota had a great year at Liverpool. Bruno Fernandez, Fernandez was absolute stud at um, Man United, and Ruben Diaz was a rock at Man City. And then Joe Cancelo, I think, is one of the better fullbacks in the world. They they have a really really talented squad and. We talk about their manager, like one of the few with real longevity, Fernando Santos. You know, we're gonna mention Greece here again. Did a fantastic job of Greece. Got he, used to, he used to uh, coach my my favorite club team, AEK. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he, a, he's a Greek legend, like in dude, a good way. He got him to three knockout stages. Yeah. Like, like think about that. Greece made the three knockout stages because of it. Legend. So, yeah. So and look, he's won a major tour in Portugal. They actually won the first ever Nations League. They made it to the finals. I think they beat. England and then they beat Switzerland, I think. Oh no, Holland and then Switzerland. So um, he's done a fantastic job with them, and I just think everything's coming together for them. Uh, if there's a question about them, it would probably be um, 
their defense a little. I think Pepe's still potentially going to be their starter. But I will say Pepe, like uh, Porto's big upset Ventus, he was like their man of the match. Like he was unreal. Like clearance after clearance. So Pepe, even at 38, still playing at a high level. Uh, but I don't think this, like, this is a very deep squad. I don't think there's many flaws to this team. And I think if there's a challenger to France, they are the one. Hungry. Shit draw. <laughs> hey, they beat Iceland to make the playoff. You got some games to watch. You know, you get to lead the house. You get to watch great talent. But it's very unfortunate. It, it was funny. I think in 2016, they were one of the surprise teams. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they made out the group, and then they lost Belgium. I'll never forget their goalkeeper. He was like 40 years old. He was wearing sweatpants. He was wearing legit gray sweatpants that you go for a jogging at a major tournament. That's tremendous. <laughs> so, uh, like, I remember... Oh, like more good good goalkeeping stories. Like you, you see sometimes the keepers wearing the baseball hats. If it's too yeah, sunny, yeah, yeah. it's too wearing sweatpants. Oh my goodness! So uh, hungry. There's a bunch to say. I just think it's unfortunate. They finished third in 1964. Their best finish ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you have this group playing out? I have it: France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. Germany won my four teams going through. Same, same. Um, Let's get to the fun stuff now. Mm-hmm. What's your final? France, Portugal. Wow, me too. Interesting. Th- they're two of the best teams. Like so, so that's thirty to one at DraftKings. Wow. I plan on doing France, Portugal, France, England. That's fair. Because England is gonna play one of those two teams if they finish first yeah. two. Which is how I have it too. Um yeah, man, the more I looked at Portugal, I was like, they have a lot of talent, dude. And they're playing really well coming into the tournament. France is my pick. I can't back down off that. I mean, they haven't shown me anything to turn away from them. Uh-huh. England, I'm just worried about them as a favorite. Mm-hmm. They just crumble historically under pressure. Let me ask you this, man. Just looking at the odds, there's always a team who is favorite to win it, mm-hmm. like a top six favorite. That flops, that just, you know, they just don't. Mm-hmm. They don't deliver. They don't deliver. Yeah. What team would you say that is? I would say Spain, but I I was looking at the bracket before, like while I was doing my picks, I was just like, you know, breaking down each group, looking at the bracket. And the bracket so, so does Spain a lot would for be them. Spain would be seventh in, okay. in that requirement, right? So it's 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 England, France, Belgium, Portugal, Germany, Italy, and then Spain. Germany's up there. Then Spain, yeah. Netherlands, Denmark, Croatia. Yeah, I I would say wow, Denmark over Croatia, man. Who draft kings? I'm gonna send the email after this. <laughs> well, maybe it's the group. That's why. And oh, like, who okay. Croatia gets. I was drawn like, damn, to? that's pretty harsh. Because yeah. like to me, this is the first tournament ever. Because Croatia's no- notorious for being a perennial dark horse. I'm like, you can't really be a dark horse anymore after you make a World Cup final. Like to me, it's like okay, you're on, you got the national spotlight now. So I refuse to hear any talk about Croatia being a dark horse. I'm like, all right, look, they delivered. Whatever happens now happens. But if I had to pick a country to flop, just based on a draw, it would be England. I just think they're going to play Portugal, and I would pick Portugal to beat them. And I think round of 16 exit for a team as good as England, it's it's a flop. It's an unfortunate flop, but it's just how it is, given the expectations and the talent level that England possesses. Yeah, I'm completely off England betting them to win it mm-hmm. just because that, that draw yeah. is going to be tough, yeah, man. Because to me, the, it's France, Portugal, Belgium, England, and then... I don't know. To me, you could make a claim for Italy, maybe Germany, maybe Spain. But to me, there's four clear top 
teams. And then after that, it's who's who. Yeah, and then, you know, if they get past, if, if, if it plays out the way I, I said it would play out, right, England plays Portugal, then they play Spain, right? And then they would have to get through the Netherlands, too. So mm-hmm. it's like a pretty tough road for them to get through. Right. So It was crazy. Meanwhile, second place in that group, I think, plays second place of, like, group, uh, I want to say group E. So say you could play, like, a Sweden or Poland. So coming in second place, a la Croatia, I will take a Sweden or Poland matchup. So like that's how that's how weird the Euros are, and I don't like it that way at all. Like that's why to me, like the sixteen with team is best because like it should be a reward. You come in first place in your group. Yeah, yeah. And if I could bring up a story like the past Euros, like Croatia won their group. They beat Spain at the last second. They won the group. Who they played? They somehow have to play Portugal round of sixteen, and they get eliminated that round. And it's just like like how is this possible? Like it just it's the most random matchups and. Uh, I think it's a fortune, and I do think some of the like Group A, B, C. I think it kind of favors them a little bit. Like I think they play some of the third place teams mm-hmm. more, while the lower teams play second place. So it kind of sucks. Like like you have no control over the draw. Like a team like Italy or Belgium or Netherlands, like they're gonna win a group and they'll mostly play a third place team. Yeah. So like Italy, the way my bracket is, yeah. they play the Ukraine. Belgium will play Germany. Oh, right. Okay. France would play Finland. Croatia will play Sweden. Yeah. You know, Spain, Scotland, that's how I have it. Who's your uh, pick to be the top goal scorer? Lukaku. Lukaku? Yeah. Hmm. You know, I think the safe pick for me is probably Mbappe. I was thinking Griezmann because he takes penalties. That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. That's something you need to look at if you're making a wager on top goal scorer. Right. I think that's what takes penalties. Yeah, that's why too. Harry Kane's going to be popular Kane pick. Harry Kane is the favorite. Yeah, Bruno Fernandez might be. I, I wonder how much Ronaldo will give to him, but uh, Bruno Fernandez is also a sleeper pick. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like with Kane, he might have like five goals in group the group stage, stages, yeah. and then if he could get one in the knockout, that's like right. six. Six Cause, usually because that's what he kind of did in the last World Cup. He scored a lot of goals against uh, Panama and Tunisia. Mm. Yeah. Uh, who do you have winning it? I have France or Portugal. I think the Benzema factor put it over. I was I was leaning Portugal before the Benzema news because I'm really just high on their attacking talent. You know, I'm curious to see if if France lets him like take a penalty. You know, first goal in five years for the national team. I could see that being a storyline. Yeah, if, like if they're winning. If they're yeah, winning, because yeah, yeah. because well, Gr- you know, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. Like he's coming off a good season. With oh, he's been too. excellent. I think ever since Ronaldo left Madrid. It's kind of given yeah, a free release. Yeah, like like he's a big reason why Madrid have stayed afloat because they've been kind of in turmoil the past few seasons. Dude, this was fun. I'm excited. We'll probably be watching a lot of games together too. Yes, so. it's gonna be just constant. That's the best <clears throat> thing about tournaments, like day. This yeah, day, yeah. This day, yeah. We're gonna be going uh, a lot of times. We're gonna be recording. Uh, There's gonna be a podcast every two days. So I'm looking at a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For the duration of the Euro Cup, and we got a lot of NBA stuff too. Yeah. Um, there'll be some times where Alan will call in too, but uh, for the most part, you're going to be getting two episodes. Uh, sorry, an extra episode a week. Patreon.com/slash Veterans Minimum. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Platies, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Ryan Pisner, Mike Wozniak, Corey Johnson, Hoops. If you join the twenty and forty dollar tier, this is the last episode that you have to join that tier to get a free merch item in july you got to be in that tier for the month of june to get a free merch item the names that i read on this list you'll be getting a free merch item because you've been a six month member of the patreon consecutively so shout out to all of you a lot of extra content coming on there gonna be doing a lot of betting and uh team previews on the patreon for every team in the nfl 
I'm bringing that 32 for 32 to Patreon and uh, shooting a lot of content on there now that I got the free time. Now that we've quit our job, Alan, even though we work for our family, we quit our job. Bang, bang. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, I'm super pumped. I can't wait for this. We'd love to hear some feedback on this episode. Let us know what you guys think. Alan, where can they find you? Alan Stark, A-double-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. At the Lamb Show, as we can find me, at Veterans Minimum, as we can find the show. And we'll catch you guys next time. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.